five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about Tom Fishburne today. So let's get over to that. And nothing could be more true <clears throat> than his cartoon today. Productively unproductive. <clears throat> Did you get my emoji reaction to your DM responding to my comment on the conversation thread on why we never seem to get why we never seem to get any work done anymore? <clears throat> I know. I think I think back to my college days or graduate school <clears throat> and how difficult it was to focus on abstract philosophical ideas, you know, to do my thesis. And um you know, I just don't, I don't know that I do that kind of work very much anymore. Luckily, I have good instincts about what will work and what won't. And so, consequently, I can look at a mailing piece and say, this is, you know, why don't you try this? Why don't you test this? And then they'll, people say, how do you test it? Um, I will put up the Eisenhower matrix. I, I put a piece of it up uh, in the, in the, Article, but Dwight D. Eisenhower reportedly prioritized his work life by classifying tasks as important, not important, urgent, or not urgent. Okay, and he had a four-step matrix. This was way before Stephen Covey, who basically lifted it. Um, who who has a quote here, famously summarized it as, "What is important is seldom urgent, and what is urgent is seldom important." And I remember, I finished my thesis up when I was. In, when I was already well into work life, okay, and I was I was working as a marketing consultant by then, and um, you know one of the things I noticed was that uh, you know we had a bunch of young guys and we would go out for a beer every now and then, and when I got to the end of my thesis and I really had to get it done and I had a hard deadline, <laughs> and mercy not justice, I I remember thinking that. You know, this is this is really important that I really, you know, after after the years of work and all this to get one more window of opportunity to to finish it and to get it accepted and to get my MA on the end of my name. Uh, nobody nobody said, well, why don't you go home and work on your thesis tonight? Ever. No, never was said. It was always, well, you can get that done anytime, you know, next week or whatever. Why don't you come out for a beer? with the rest of us. And I realized how true Eisenhower's ideas were. Okay, what's what's important? No. And, and it isn't just urgent versus important. It's long-term investment versus short-term fun. You can almost boil life down to that, right? Is this whatever it is you're doing going to push you ahead? Or is it going to and and the things that aren't going to push you ahead are the things that are more fun. <laughs> you know, I'd rather sit and watch a Packer game than I would cut the lawn. <laughs> Just why is that? Why is it that we delight in the in the nonsensical and the unproductive? I don't know. But the best example of that is the Internet, <laughs> the modern Internet. You know, I made an egg this morning. Um, Turned out actually pretty well, but I overcooked it because I got distracted with Stellarium, which is a, an astronomy program. And I'm, I'm, I'm playing with the universe like this on my screen, and I'm just fascinated by it. And I can change my location to something completely on the other side of the world and see how they looked at it in the last few days and, you know, how the moon is, the, 
you know, the crescent moon is coming up for Rosh Hashanah and, you know, I don't know. All of a sudden I wake up and go, oh, wait, there's eggs that are in the frying pan. <laughs> but anyway, I caught them. They were overcooked, but they were nice and crunchy, which was good. So modern work culture prioritizes the urgent over the important or basically the demands of others versus the things we really sh know we should do. So the default setting is to have constant notifications, alerts, messages to respond to as soon as they happen. And, uh, you know, I've tried to be pretty careful with my phone. I turned off the WhatsApp because it used to be keep coming up in the middle of my live stream. Uh, everything is fun. You know, it's it's my whole family. We have this WhatsApp family uh, thing and we put up, you know, pictures of the grandkids and videos and other interesting stuff that we found. And it is it is interesting. So I turned all the WhatsApp alerts off. If you want to get me on, if you want to get me, don't don't get try to get me on WhatsApp. You'd be better off getting me on LinkedIn. Although those, I don't have any alerts on that either. I've turned all basically every alert off on my phone, um, and then sometimes it still rings, which is I try to turn that off as much as possible. Also, the average Slack user use it check slack 22 times an hour that's every three minutes that's basically just keeping it up and looking at it sending 70 messages a day okay so that's 10 an hour more or less uh and power users send a thousand messages a day which means you can't do really anything else the result is that we have to constantly or consciously put rail guards guardrails on to find time to, for deep thinking and i i would contend we don't do pretty much any deep thinking anymore we're going to relegate that to ai <laughs> you know when people are putting up ai articles on five things direct mail can do for you direct mail can do many things for you <laughs> so every ai article seems to start if you're going to use ai get rid of that first sentence for sure right that first summary of nothing but anyway if you can't think of five reasons off the top of your head well don't live stream for heaven's sakes Okay, so we don't do deep thinking anymore. I'm convinced of it. We don't think about <laughs> we don't think about the lies we've been told in the last five years and then say, oh yeah, but now it's going to be different. Now for sure they're telling the truth. Ironically, productivity tools themselves can get in the way of our productivity. Right. This is another reason to hire an old some old fart who has some experience right uh i you know i i used to spend hours on circulation reports and on figuring out what would be the best thing to test next and those things turned out to be worth millions of dollars to my clients you know and how the ai and how the machine learning was revealing things you know what was it telling me you know if you slap it together and fling it out you're missing the most valuable part of machine learning, which is what it reveals, but might be stupid. Or, you know, you got to throw away the stupid and you got to find the, the jewels. And that's not going to happen from the machine. Machine can't tell the difference. So Ian Bagost at The Atlantic wrote about how Slack is basically Facebook. Slack's new design, I think this is funny, new design with its fresh prods to engage makes the software feel even more like social media. The interface seems hell-bent on getting you back into the program, even if you'd prefer to do the actual work that your job demands. Almost all software wants you to look at it, but Slack is supposed, 
supposed productivity tool meant to help knowledge workers recover from their email demands more fixation than email ever did. Okay, there's refreshing honesty in the Slack update. It admits that work is secondary. You know, and what's also interesting to me is is that in the midst of all this notification and all these uh, emojis and back and forth, that we feel less connected than ever. You know, loneliness is epidemic, and uh, it, it's it 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 speaks to the disconnectedness of virtual of the virtual world that it really is it, it isn't real in any meaningful sense for a human. You know, we humans are tactile and we're three dimensional, and the virtual world isn't. It it tries to mimic that, but it isn't. It just plain plain isn't. And uh, with all this of the great enterprise software that preceded it, one now gets those things done in spite of Slack rather than by means of it. Most important for workers using Slack is using Slack. Yeah, okay, so here's the Eisenhower matrix. <coughs> and I got this off Eisenhower.me, Eisenhower me. Prioritizing tasks by urgency and importance results in four quadrants with different work strategies. Do first, things you should do first, focus on the important tasks to be done the same day. And that's kind of the way I've always organized myself. What do I need to get done today? And I have a particular one thing for today. And oftentimes there's up to three things I need to get done today. That is the main thing. Then there's schedule things. There is a sequence I go through after I finish the live stream to get the podcast up, to get the articles up on WDMA.org, where you can get them if you subscribe. You know, and the podcasts are always available there too, but you can you can also subscribe on pot on Spotify or Apple or Google so that they're there every morning and you can get yesterday's on your drive time and you don't have to waste your time watching me while you're supposed to be doing real work. I'm not into that, right? That's why I do the podcast for you. Okay, there's things you can delegate and uh I may be joining a couple of teams, which ought to be interesting, and uh, hopefully we'll have, you know, we'll have each do our strengths instead of me doing things that I'm obviously not qualified for. And then there's things you don't do, okay? Don't do. And I probably need more in that category, <laughs> things I don't do and ignore. But anyway, for your benefit, hopefully you enjoy it. I do this every day, and uh, that's what the Eisenhower Matrix looks like, okay? Productivity and interruptions in 2021. Sorry, I get distracted by Slack. Where were we? And see, he's got a notification on his phone, right? Ah, look at this. I didn't know I could make boxes with this thing. I did. And, uh, did, huh, did you say something? And, of course, they're all looking at their phones, right? You should ban phones in meetings. And here's 2017. Meeting to call, whether to call a meeting, meeting to plan the meeting, meeting... My daughter worked at a nonprofit in marketing, and they outsourced all of their uh, real work. <laughs> and she worked there for about two months and quit. She said we'd have meetings about the meetings. It was meetings about meetings and meetings of whether to schedule meetings. And she said, I could have got the marketing done all by myself. They would have just let me alone, and, and, but they didn't. Okay, should we schedule our next Zoom meeting or just hit ourselves repeatedly on the head with a hammer. And I've noticed, you know, the most prominent people oftentimes turn off their camera and their and mute 
you know, it lets you get a cup of coffee while you can still listen in on what. And it also keeps you from saying dumb things. And as my style consultant told me, you know, I have RBF. It's what I look like if I relax. Sad, mean, something. So I sit there like this. It gets tiresome. <laughs> and she says that's equally creepy or worse. Well, you know, since I can't win on that one, I turn my camera off. I won't for you. I don't even know how to do it quickly. I don't think so. Let's see. Yeah, there I go. So that's what I do in Zoom meetings when I don't want to make myself, force myself to look smiley and all that. There it is back again. How cool is that? Okay, so let's, how about some news? Okay, Microsoft, it turns out, a company named Wiz, a cloud security startup, said that it discovered a GitHub repository belonging to Microsoft's AI research division, and the URL was a little goofy. <laughs> this is from Brian Heater at TechCrunch. Uh, and it allowed anybody to uh, to access and, and uh, share and change the data and it it included passwords to microsoft services secret keys over three thirty thousand internal microsoft teams sometimes you wonder if you know if somebody like wiz would just take a couple of those things and send cute messages to microsoft senior management before they alert them you know it would seem like a fun thing to do <laughs> they'd probably get put out of business but then hired <laughs> Uh, so anyway, for two years, this was open, 38 terabytes of sensitive information, including full backups of Microsoft employees, uh, PCs, and other things. Um, so Microsoft uh, and Wiz co-founder Emmy Lutwak told TechCrunch, um, as, this, as, as bigger data sets are laying around to, to try to give... AI something to work on and you need something to work on. Cases like Microsoft are increasingly hard to monitor and avoid. You know, because nobody no human can look around and see what's in there. Anyway, interesting stuff. Uh, Microsoft said it was no big deal. This was an interesting article I skipped the other day from Lori Sullivan over at Media Post. Walmart Connect Connect announced the rollout of sponsored videos. Susanna Lee, Senior Director of Product Marketing for Walmart Connect, believes the old adage of show, don't tell couldn't be more true in retail media. Tell your brand's product or story to break the barrier between upper funnel campaign tactics and performance ad formats like sponsored search, she said. Okay, so 93% of the top 100 searched keywords are non-branded words or phrases, which means consumers look, in other words, you know, HVAC near me. Um, it means that you're you're not looking for a particular particular contractor. You're looking for you know, and you probably aren't saying um, some kind of brand. Whirlpool dishwasher disposal fixer near me. You know, you say appliance repair near me, uh, which means that which means that consumers are looking for suggestions on different products. So in that kind of environment, you have to be able to tell your story. So Walmart is now letting vendors, merchants, uh, tell their story about their product, which I think makes a lot of sense. It's one of the reasons I use eBay. 
is because eBay, unlike Amazon, well, Amazon, you know, they, they have a set format they want you to fit, fit into. And I consistently don't find the information I want. Like what kind of what kind of power supply is required? Is it a new kind of plug I don't like or an old one that I'm trying to phase out? You know, simple things like that. How big is it? You know, because the pictures often don't have any size reference, like a quarter or a pencil or something that you could gauge how big this thing is. And, uh, you know, it's a it's an item on a blank background, uh, whereas eBay allows their merchants to put in quite a bit of their own information, which often tells the dimensions. You know, I tried for five years to find refrigerators in appliance, online appliances, because we had a particularly tight fit. Um, we we had a, a normal size refrigerator when we built the house, but they don't build normal size refrigerators that size anymore. So, it, but, you know, finally I found an appliance company that actually gave the actual outside dimensions of the refrigerator. Seems like that pretty pretty important. That's one of those things we checked on. We had a check sheet when we sold furniture online. Did we tell the dimensions? You know, sad. Okay, so storytelling may help, but the best way to tell stories is catalog. Now, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I've been saying about Land's End, so I owe Land's End an apology. I've been saying that they aren't the same kind of storytellers about the sheep on the, on the mountains of New Zealand uh, or Tasmania that they used to tell. But look at this. I actually decided to look through the Land's End catalog, and you can't probably see this, but you see this whole sidebar. And it says, to keep your cool, cool max, fabric wicks moisture, built in stretch, wrinkle resistant, wear it tucked or untucked. Excellent. Both of those are ideas. I never really wear, wear untucked. And look at this. It's a whole category feature. Okay. So instead of little pictures, just little pictures of items that you can't really relate to, they actually have a human being, right? And they have... They tell a bit of a story about the items. And then they get to, in the next page, and there's tabs and there's even call-outs. No, no URL, of course. I mean, no, no QR code. You know, and here's a dress shirt done right. Okay, and it talks about the features. So they're still telling stories. Thank you for that, Daniel. Uh, awesome. They're still telling stories. And when you think about even this little, this is a very small catalog in comparison to what you might get from Land's End. How many pages is it? Well, it's 59 pages. It's actually bigger than I thought. So a 60-page catalog, right? And, I mean, the amount of information in here compared to what you could put in a Walmart 60-second video, it's unbelievable. This is terabytes of information, you know, relatively speaking, compared to the Internet. And I can just go through it like that really easy. And I can see the categories, and I can, and it can tell a story. And that's the main point. And you can test it. You can test with or without the stories. And I would encourage Daniel to put in a couple of QR codes to take me to that category on their website uh, and see if it helps. Not just the web, not just the website URL. Who cares about that? Anybody can do tightlandsend.com. Leave out the apostrophe. Anyway, so don't forget the catalogs. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye. Repost on LinkedIn. It's repost.